Hi there. I hope it has been a great writing week for you. I hope it's been a great marketing week for you. And I just hope that your creativity and inspiration are exponentially increasing as you work this week. I want to take some time to talk about audiobooks. It's a question that a lot of people have asked me lately. I'm also celebrating what I believe is my highest royalty check from ACX to date, which is the Audible site. Um, at about $1,500. So right now, I need to um, look at the math again to give you the exact details, but I do know that audiobooks are accounting for uh, at least 10% of my book income. And I really appreciate having that extra source of income. I for sure appreciate having, you know, at least a thousand dollar royalty check coming in each month from ACX. I've also been getting my books onto other platforms besides Audible, which we'll talk about soon. And that has also been a really neat way to branch out. So there's a lot of really neat things happening in the audiobook world. And a lot of authors are hearing, you need an audiobook, you need an audiobook, you need an audiobook. So I want to talk about why you want to have an audiobook and where to go to get started. So first, let's talk about just all the reasons why it's a great idea to have your book in audio format. It is for sure an ever increasingly popular format. I don't have numbers to give you right now, but I know that it's one of the fastest growing book mediums. So that's one reason why you really want to think about getting your books in audio format. It's becoming more and more expected. So I knew even from my own reading habits, I have some eye strain. And so I don't actually read books very often anymore, but I listen to audiobooks. I'm probably, you know, still reading a book a week or so, but it's, I would say like 98% of my reading is actually in audio format and not sitting down with a book. Um, audiobooks are great for people who are kind of on the go. So this is really going to appeal to people in a commuter lifestyle or people going on walks or working out at the gym, listening to audiobooks, things like that. I've heard some interesting projections about how the economy is for sure tilting in favor of I, th I believe they call it the gig economy. So basically, like there are more freelancers today than ever before. People like us authors who, you know, aren't clocking in at a nine to five. So we have, in theory, extra time on our hands compared to like where the typical working adult was maybe 30 years ago. And that extra time is often filled up with audiobooks. Another kind of culprit for the rise of audiobooks or, you know, technology that we can thank for the rise of audiobooks are things like the Amazon, I don't even want to say her name, but you know, the service that you can talk to, because if I said her name, then those of you listening would get annoyed because she would turn on and think I was talking to her. Um, but things like that, things like the Echo, things that allow you to listen in your house or on the go, things like that. I know our family has been huge audiobook consumers for years and we started by listening to just CD audiobooks in the car because we were running around a lot to appointments and things. So I am a big fan of audiobooks both as a consumer and as the audiobook creator. And I feel like it it is a venue that's going to become more and more popular. And it is a venue that is better to get into now than three years from now or five years from now when the space becomes even more crowded. 
So one of the reasons that my audiobooks really are selling very well right now without added ads effort, I'm not running ads specifically for my audiobooks, but my audiobooks are selling very well from month to month without an extra push. A big reason for that is, I think there are two big reasons for that actually. One is because I am actively advertising the ebook versions. And so if you click on the ebook version of my book and are taken to the Kindle version of that, the Kindle sales page, you have the option to just right there, go ahead and add the audiobook. And I do know from times when Audible has promoted my books, it has an increase in ebook sale too. So for anybody who's worried, I know at the beginning of audiobooks popularity, some authors and probably less authors, but more publishers were worried that the popularity of audiobooks meant people were going to read less and so they were going to lose business. But no, it's just, it's creating more readers because there are different venues for it. And a lot of people like to have the ebook and the audiobook version. Kindle makes it really simple to do so that it will sync where you are. So you can read for half an hour on your Kindle at night and then your smartphone Audible app is going to know where you left off in your Kindle so you can listen right from where you were in the car or something like that. So having ebooks that are regularly selling and regularly being promoted is going to naturally mean you're going to be selling more audiobooks. So that's kind of uh, reason one why I feel like my, my audiobooks are doing really well. Reason two is because I started years ago. So my first audiobook was probably in about 2014, 2015 at the latest. And I have had my books up on the Audible site for that long. And what that means is they've had time to gather a lot of reviews. They've had time to rank high. And so when people are searching in my genre, my books come up quickly. Another thing that's great for marketing audiobooks is having three book bundles because Audible doesn't charge you like a flat fee. Like you can't tell ACX when you uh, publish your audiobook, you can't tell them what price you want to sell your audiobook at. It'd be cool if you could, but you can't. And what they do is they offer it for one credit. So as an example, our family spends, I think it's $36 a month to get three audiobook credits a month. And so we can use a credit for a short two-hour book, or we can use a credit for a long 20-hour book. So a lot of people are going to want to make the most use of their credits by buying the longer books. So having a three book box set basically means you're allowing your readers to get your audiobook and get three of your books for just one credit. So that's another kind of perk, I guess, that we as content creators can offer to our readers are those bundles. The, the first reason why I started creating three book bundles of my books was so that I could get them into audiobooks and have people able to get them at one credit. And then a nice perk of that is that the ebook bundle now is also an additional source of income. So you may have heard other people in the author space or in online marketing space talking about multiple streams of income. Basically, the, the more diversified your income is at the end of each month, the healthier your career is gonna be from a financial standpoint. So if, 98% of your income comes from Kindle sales on Amazon in the US, then you're a little bit at risk. You know, if one thing changes in the algorithm or something, that can have a huge impact on, on your career. And I certainly don't wish that on anybody, but that's, that's kind of one of the risks. Whereas the more diversified you are, 
the more insulated you are, you know, so even if next month my ebook royalties were half of what they were this month, I still know that I have other streams of income coming in. I mean, it would still be disappointing and hard, but there is, there's money coming in from elsewhere is what I want to say. And I'm going to talk in a little bit about choosing to be exclusive to Audible or branching out with your audiobooks. But first, I just want to kind of walk you through the process of getting an audiobook going on ACX in case you're not familiar with the process itself. So ACX connects you as the author to potential narrators, and you can put up information about your book and say, hey, I'm looking for a narrator with this kind of style, this kind of accent, this kind of voice range, and I am willing to pay up to this amount. And then people will audition for your project. You pick the narrator that you like. They read all your files. There's a little bit of a... Um, kind of a check-in point. So after the first 15 minutes of their recorded work, they send it to you. You can approve or give feedback or guidance. And then they complete the process of recording all your chapters. You get to listen to the whole thing again and either request changes, you know, if they miss, you know, mispronounced a word or something, um, you know, we're not asking them to like record a whole chapter or something, but, you know, small things that need to be changed. And then, after that round of approval, you tell ACX, yes, my audiobook is ready to be published. It goes through kind of a quality control through ACX's quality check people. It is kind of a long process compared to being able to, you know, get your finished manuscript back in your cover and, you know, publishing it in an hour, right? The audiobook does take longer. But then what happens is you pay the narrator and your book shows up live on Audible's site. And there are three different ways that you can set up your contract with your narrator. So you can just pay them a flat fee and it's per finished hour. So if your audiobook turns into six hours long, then you're paying them anywhere between like a hundred to 150 to $400 an hour per finished hour. Um, and so for example, a six hour audiobook would be roughly about 60,000 words. And if you and your narrator agree at a $200 per finished hour rate, which is probably about standard, um, you know, then you're going to pay them, what is that, $1,200. And then your book's going to be up. So it's pricey for sure. This is the most expensive, other than ads, this is the most expensive part of publishing a book for me. But I just kind of count that into what it costs to make a book. You pay for the editing, you pay for the cover, you pay for the audiobook. Um, so because it is pricey, there is a royalty share option where you find a narrator. And usually this is going to be a new narrator looking for experience and exposure. The more seasoned narrators in general don't like this kind of arrangement. But the royalty share means that you don't pay them anything up front and your royalties are split 50-50 with you and the narrator getting equal amounts for any audiobooks that sell. It's an okay option if you're just starting out. It's not ideal for a couple reasons. So let's go back real quick. If you're paying per finished hour, you have two options with that kind of contract. So one is you pay per finished hour and you tell Amazon that your book is going to be exclusive to Audible. And then you get, I believe it's a I forget the exact royalty rate, but you get basically twice the royalties 
that you would under the other kind of contract, which is that you have your book exclusive to Amazon and you also are going to promote your audiobook in other stores and sell it in other venues. And I'll talk pretty soon about how you can get your audiobook into these other venues. But basically, you have two options if you're hiring a narrator. You can be exclusive or non-exclusive, and there's pros and cons to each. But when you're doing royalty share with a narrator, you have to be exclusive. So you can't sell that audiobook outside of Audible, and you're kind of locked into that indefinitely, like, for as long as the book exists, I think there's maybe like a seven year clause where I, you know, some people can like pay their narrator a lump sum and, and do stuff. But in general, the contract is set up in a way that if you start with a royalty share, you're just going to be splitting royalties with that narrator forever. And sometimes it can be very awkward too. Like I have one of my novels. I got an email from my narrator. It wasn't a royalty share project. I paid this narrator up front. The narrator emailed me kind of out of curiosity and was like, hey, I'm just kind of curious how this book is selling. Okay, this has been out for a year and a half. It is a book that, you know, I paid in the, you know, hundreds to thousand of dollar range, right? And I've sold 20 copies of that audiobook. So not every audiobook has made its money back for me. So there for sure is a risk. Um, and for me, I don't like the idea of asking a narrator to share that risk with me because if it doesn't sell then then I end up feeling really bad and awkward and weird anyway so but it, it can be the royalty share can be a very good option if you're just starting out and you find somebody else who's just starting out and is willing to take that risk with you so now let's talk about the choice you have. Assuming you're not doing the royalty share, you have the choice, like I mentioned, of being exclusive to Audible or to be wide. And so, first of all, I want to clear up any confusion there might be. This doesn't have anything to do with whether your book is in KDP Select or Kindle Unlimited or not. The ebook exclusivity is totally different. So you can have an ebook in KU that is wide as an audiobook and the same thing around you can have an ebook that's wide and not in kdp select but you can still have the audiobook be exclusive to just audible so audible is an amazon company but um, the kdp select thing is just for ebooks so that exclusively applies just to the ebook side of it but like i said if you are hiring a narrator or if you are recording your own audiobook then you have the option of being exclusive to audible or kind of going wide with your audiobook. I really like going wide. Basically, the, the reason that authors want to stay with Audible is it's right now the biggest name in audiobook sales, and you get twice the royalties if you are exclusive to Audible. They give you twice as much money. So all of my audiobooks that I am making now, I am just starting out non-exclusive. I'm not bothering with any kind of exclusive clauses. So technically I could be making double what I'm making from Audible by going exclusive, but I don't want to do that for a couple reasons. First of all, I really like the idea that I already mentioned of multiple streams of income and a diversified market. And so being able to be wide in my mind kind of fits that business plan. I also really love that my audiobooks are able to be checked out by library patrons. I think that that is an amazing tool. 
even if for nothing else than like just promoting literacy, you know, like across the country and world is that anybody can go in. Audiobooks tends to be kind of expensive, especially when you're talking about CD audiobooks. Those could be like twice the cost of a paperback or, you know, maybe even twice the cost of a hardback. So I love that my audiobooks can be in libraries and that patrons can check them out. It's not making me rich. Like sometimes you only get, um, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say maybe like 20 cents each time someone checks out your book from the library app, but I still love that they're available. So that's another reason why I like having my audiobooks wide. Another reason I really like being wide is what we already talked about regarding um, kind of having your books be in the first wave of what's available, right? So let's go back to, for example, the library app. Right now, a lot of audiobooks are locked into ACX exclusivity clauses. And so there's not tons of audiobooks in my genre being offered on the library apps for patrons to check out. So that means that when they're searching my genre, I'm kind of likely to show up high in there. Whereas five years from now, I'm going to guess that those searches are going to be way more competitive, way more crowded, and I kind of am getting a foot in early is how I think of it. So now that we've talked about some of the reasons why you might want to go wide with your audiobooks, let me tell you the platform that I use to do this, and that's Findaway Voices. They're a partner with Draft to Digital. So if you are publishing your ebooks wide through Draft to Digital, you actually have automatic access to Findaway, or you can sign up through them on your own. Findaway does help match you with a narrator. So it is possible to only go through Findaway. So what that would look like is you sign up at Findaway, you tell them what kind of narrator you're looking for. They help you find a narrator that meets your requirements and is within your budget. But again, we're looking at in general, like the 200 to $400 per finished hour. If you want to know what that would come out to for your specific book, it tends to be about an hour for every 10,000 words. So like a 60,000 word novel would be about six hours recorded. And so find a way will match you with a narrator and they will publish your book to Audible and everything else. One of the cool things is not for Audible, but for all the others, you can set your own price. And so you can do price promotions and things like that. And this is also how you get into the libraries and the other things that I was talking about earlier. The way I do it is I use both ACX and find a way. So I create the contract with my narrator on ACX. Some of that has to do with the fact that I found the narrators that I like to work with before Findaway was an option. And some of it has to do with if you go direct to ACX, even if you're not exclusive, you end up getting a little bit higher percentage. Otherwise, if you go on to Audible through Findaway, Findaway is gonna take a percentage of your Audible payment. And so what I like to do is find my narrator on ACX, fill out an ACX contract, but just mark the contract as non-exclusive. And so by the time I've paid the narrator and approved that audiobook, I own the rights to do whatever I want with the other files. Basically, they come as just, you know, a whole bunch of MP3 files. I have the right to download those, to do what I want with them. If I wanted to, I could put them on CD. I, I haven't done that. I don't feel like many people are in the market for physical audiobooks anymore. But, you know, you could do that with it. I've even toyed with the idea of putting them like on a black background and making videos and having my audiobooks up on YouTube that people could just listen to for free if they want. Like there's so much you can do if you are non-exclusive. And so at that point, I take those files, upload them to find a way. 
and just tell find a way yeah please publish this to everywhere but audible since they're already on audible so you can go either way you get a slightly higher percentage if you go through acx first and then to find a way but it's a few extra steps too so it really depends on how many dashboards you want to manage and stuff like that so i hope that that kind of gives just a basic overview of why you might want to consider doing audiobooks how to start that process it is expensive and so i don't feel like there's ever a point like i don't feel like you have to be to where like you have five books out in a completed series before you start audiobooks or anything but you definitely do want to make sure that you're in a position to hopefully recoup your expenses so let me see if i can try to give you a rule of thumb i'm trying to just do like real quick math in my head. If audiobooks are 10% of what I'm making from book sales and a typical audiobook, depending on how, you know, how long, maybe use like a hundred or two hundred dollars per finished hour. Um, you know, as that's kind of like the the cheapest you're gonna get if you don't do royalty share. If you kind of look at that, look at the length of your book and then say, okay, well, maybe I can get up to like 10% of my book income. That might be just a quick way for you to kind of gauge like, hey, is this for me? But again, sometimes it's best to just do it and put it out there and see what happens. So especially like if you've got a short novella or even a short story, like something in the 10 to 15,000 word range, you can have that produced into an audiobook for a lot less cost than if you had, you know, a 200,000 word epic fantasy trilogy or, you know, one novel can be that long in certain genres. So sometimes starting with just um, something that's smaller and easier to produce might be better. But I also don't want to throw these numbers out at you and scare you away and make you think, oh, okay, I'm not going to recoup my money then for three years if I do this it's not going to be worth it. I would say if you've got the means to do it, it's for sure good to at least try and see what happens. Now, I, I also know that sometimes that money has to go towards things like editing and book covers and groceries and rent. So, you know, it just depends on your personal situation. But there are so many ways that audiobooks are going to grow in the next few years that I see this as a way to just be part of that. And I worry a little bit less about like making the money that I paid my narrator back within three months or something. So just a few kind of ideas for you to keep in mind. Again, the sites that you want to check out if you're interested is acx.com is how to get your books on Audible, how to find narrators, things like that. And then if you wanted to go wide, you do that through Findaway. That's what I have today about audiobooks, and I hope this is really helpful.